I just did like a promo video for a company and it's weird because I'm like sometimes like why do they want me to do it you know like there's so many other people who they could easily hit up who have way more followers than me who look way more like big and could help their company out but they'll still choose me and I think that a lot of it does come the fact come from the fact that they like my persona and like my I don't give a fuck about anything energy yeah Hello and welcome to Here in LA, Pico Robertson edition. Today we talk with Alaska Yakota. Alaska does it all. She's a photographer, a model, a community skateboard organizer, a flag football champion, but she is probably best known for being a DJ and for her OnlyFans. If you don't know what OnlyFans is, don't Google it if you're at work. Let's just say it's a way for people to show adult content that Facebook and Instagram won't allow. And then they charge money for it. She's also a UCSB gaucho and one of the most honest and open people you'll hear all day. So let's welcome Alaska Yakota. Okay, so we are in Pico Robertson. Right behind the Academy of Motion Pictures is a library which has like tens of thousands of movie posters and books and scripts of all your favorite movies. It's open to the public. You're new to this part of town. Mm -hmm. What brought you to Pico Robertson? I just needed a house. I needed somewhere to live and this place was available and they took me in. So I'm here. But yeah, it was just nice because it was perfectly like in the middle of LA where it's not downtown but it's also not like in a too busy of an area I feel like all my friends that live in Hollywood are always like in that like super congested area so I kind of want to be like a little bit away from that but also like still close enough so I know about you Alaska because your TikTok came up on my for your page okay and you were you were venting about something yeah. And this was when you were living in Orange County. This was like a year ago. Yeah. And um, you just seemed so interesting <laughs> because we both went to UC Santa Barbara. Yeah. You recently graduated. I graduated in the last century. <laughs> and what interested me about you was I feel like you still have that Isla Vista spirit. I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I always I actually like I feel like I had that before I went there went there and I fit in perfectly and then when I left it was like it continued I don't know but I'm glad you think that did your friends who you went to school with at Santa Barbara do they still party and shenanigans yeah uh <laughs> I guess not really no I, I yeah I feel like I've always been like the little crazy partier girl that like kind of did everything all the time and all my friends there, I feel like they're all getting married soon. Really? Yeah. And you're 24, right? Yeah, but... So they're getting married in their early 20s? I don't know. I feel like a lot of people who've been in relationships throughout college just kind of were like, why not, you know? So, I mean, it's it's cool. They're either in relationships or they're getting married or they're just working full time. So, at Santa Barbara, a lot of people just hooked up and stayed hooked up and stayed faithful to each other? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my friends did at least. Like, I knew a lot of people who it was just like everybody fucked everybody, but 
my friends are pretty faithful and stayed together. Huh. It's nice. Were you a party girl in high school? Uh, yeah. I mean, I was on the varsity cheer team and track team. So like I knew everybody who was going out and yeah, I was going out a lot in high school. What high school did you go to? Uh, San Margarita Catholic High School in um, Orange County. What made you uh, decide to go to Santa Barbara? Um, I went to the University of Oregon for two years first, and then I transferred to UC Santa Barbara. Um, I got accepted to UC San Diego and UCSB um, after Oregon, after two years, but um, it was like the hardest decision ever because I was like, do I stay or do I go to San Diego or do I go to Santa Barbara? I just wanted to be close to home in SoCal, but not too close. Like, I did not want to go to UCI or anything. Um, so I had to choose between San Diego and Santa Barbara and I chose Santa Barbara because I just knew I was going to be happier. Like San Diego is, you know, UC socially dead. And I was, I, even though I was really like excited about like the cognitive science program, which is what I got involved in or accepted into, um, I had a feeling like San Diego would be a more academically rigorous path. And I would really need to do something with my degree at that point. It wouldn't even be like a college experience that I'd be enjoying. It would be like, I'm here to study. While Santa Barbara, it's like, it's still high in academics, but it's um, also really fun. And there was like a lot more social stuff to do. So I just knew I'd be happier at Santa Barbara. So then I went there and it was exactly, you know, like it was a lot of studying, but also a lot of partying and having fun. You were also a cheerleader. Yeah. Um, was this basketball, soccer? What <laughs> yeah, was it? we didn't have football, so right. uh, it was mostly basketball and soccer. Those are like the two main ones. <laughs> um, soccer in the fall, basketball in the spring. Um, but we also did volleyball games at times, which huh. was interesting. Um, Men's, yeah, women's, both, both. both. Yeah, we did mostly men's uh, games, but for like all the sports or for basketball and soccer. But occasionally we would do like women's volleyball if they, the coach or whoever was emailing us saying that they wanted us. When I was in school there, the cheerleaders were the Skyline Dancers. I don't know what that is. They don't exist anymore. Oh. <laughs> Fine. Um, did you enjoy cheering? Yeah, it was cool. I got to be a captain for a year, so that was really fun. But uh it was, it just sucks because like most programs for school, like cheer is treated as a sport. So some of them even get like scholarships and they get a lot of free merch and everything's paid for and all that. But for us, we weren't funded at all. So yeah. we had to pay to be on the cheer team and wow. it was expensive because we had to pay for uniforms and travel and, you know, everything. So like, um, yeah, it got really expensive. You had to pay to, you had to try out. We cut a lot of people. And then once you're on, you have to pay a lot of money to be on the team, which was awful. And yeah. we tried to get funding and stuff, but it was just really hard because, you know, like we were also doing cheer competitions like outside of school and stuff. So it was just it was expensive and it was fun, but it was all very like student run. We didn't have like for uh, for coaching wise, it was usually like an old alumni cheerleader or like one of the captain captains would be coaching. Like it wouldn't be like official or, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It sucked. So, uh, I've seen pictures of you in your uniform. Yeah. Um, you got to keep it if you paid for it, right? 
Yeah, I, I have it. I don't well, nice. do anything with it, but right. I have it somewhere. Um, why did you leave Oregon? Um, long story. Do you want the the truth or the lie? For this podcast, only the truth, please. Okay. I tell people it's because of the weather, which is partially true. It's not a full lie, but um, it's not like the full truth. The full truth was that I was sexually assaulted and I had a stalker and he followed me around everywhere on campus for like a year and would be outside my window just staring and it was just really bad and uh, his dad was a lawyer so I couldn't do anything about it and on top of all of that I just knew that weather you know I wanted to not be depressed so I'm I so came back. sorry no it's okay it's the full truth I had no idea yeah, and what's interesting is you are you are so vulnerable on your social medias oh yeah you tell all the stories yeah we'll we'll segue to a, a funner but also a little bit sad story yeah Recently on your Snapchat, mm-hmm. you talked about how you went to a rave by yourself. Yeah. And you you drove all the way out there. Yeah. And drove all the way home. Yep. <laughs> when you when you got home, you're like, I'll never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> eh, so fun. so I mean, that's one reason I think people should follow you on your socials is you really keep it real. It's true. Is it hard for you to be this open or is it easier to just not give a fuck? I think that I mean, it started when I was little. I could never lie. Like, I literally cannot lie. I can avoid telling full truths, but I can't lie. And it's actually getting harder for me to not tell the full truth because I'm so open and vulnerable that, like, I, one, I don't care what people think about me. So, like, at the end of the day, if I tell you something about myself and you don't like it, it's, like, okay. So, like, I'm not... I don't really care. Like, I would never do anything to, like say anything to hurt anybody but I just don't care what people think about me like negatively positively it's whatever but um I I don't know I think it's easier for me to be able to like tell people things it like almost feels like a physical restriction when I can't speak like my current boyfriend right now I like have to tell him things even like my friends are like you don't need to tell him this it's like you're making something out of nothing and I'm like but I need to tell him anyway. Like, it could literally be like that some guy flirted with me at a bar and I just talked to him in, like, in uh, response, but I didn't do anything. And even though it's nothing, I'll still tell him about it because I can't not tell the <laughs> truth sometimes. So I personally am like, it's like, it's like Tourette's, but like, I have to speak the truth. I don't know. It just comes out. Uh, what made you so comfortable in not giving a crap what anybody else thinks? says was this your parents was this friends were you always this way I feel like I was always this way growing up I was kind of like the the bossy leader girl that was like everybody look at me and then it like turned into like I got bullied a lot and like lots of trauma and like all this crap in my like childhood and early adolescence and high school that I was like, oh, wow, well, it can't get worse. And then I went to college, and it did get worse. And it was like, I just got slapped around. And I was like, you know what? At this point, I don't care. I don't even care. Like, you know what? You guys can learn everything you want about me. I literally have, like, I've been slapped around enough. Well, this this leads perfectly to your OnlyFans. Yeah. Um, which I... As a journalist, I was required to uh, sign up for yesterday. <laughs> um, and I was kind of surprised because I've subscribed to a few before. Mm-hmm. And 
you put a lot of videos out there for free. I mean, you know, you don't, I'll put it this way. On OnlyFans, sometimes you'll sign up for it mm -hmm. and then they'll charge you even more for more videos. Yeah. You, it seems like you put all your videos out for your subscribers. Is mm -hmm. that the story? Um, like 90, 80 to 90% of it, yeah, is out there on my post. But that's because it's not a free account and people complain every day that I don't post enough and that my content sucks and that I don't post like in more porn-ish content and I get like hate about it all the time. I'm like, I'm literally doing you guys a service. Come on. Like right. I could also just not have it, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, th I think that's interesting to think or to hear that you're saying that I am posting a lot because a lot of people say that I don't. I think you have a better value. So it's, it's 20 bucks a month, right? Yeah. 20 bucks a month because I've, I've followed a few other people for journalistic reasons, mom, <laughs> and it's like five bucks or 10 bucks. But then any video that you want of theirs, they, they like tease like 10 seconds of it mm -hmm. and they're like, okay. Give me 20 bucks for the whole video. Yeah. You're actually giving a lot. Now, yeah. because I just signed up, I don't know what your frequency is. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess people are always going to complain no matter what. So I think about it as like, I've had it for over two years now, since April of 2020. So I have a lot of posts, few hundred posts. You know, if I'm not posting every day or every week or something, you have so many from the past to look at, you know, like, okay, if I, for some reason, I'm out of town for an entire month and I don't have service and I can't post and I apologize that you were subscribed for that month or whatever. Well, like you can spend that month going through my old content, you know, like, and if you don't, you, you know, it's up to you. Like, I don't know. I feel like people are just so like cheesy with, I'm like, it's 20 bucks. Like, I bet you spent like that's like a lunch in LA. It's 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 almost a beer at Dodger Stadium. Literally, almost. <laughs> it's one lap dance if that's what exactly. it, you're, you're concerned about. Um, I really like your 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 Snapchat. Or I'm sorry, I like all of your socials. Alaska. Thank you. Let's let's stick with OnlyFans for a second though. Yeah. One of the videos that I saw was you speaking into the camera and cuddling a little stuffed animal mm -hmm. um, because I guess some of your videos had gotten leaked out. Oh, yeah. And you were basically saying, I guess this was bound to happen, but it still hurts. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was really a touching post. That, that was a long time ago. I forgot Was that a long time that. ago? Yeah. <laughs> well, see, it was still up there. But, but again, you keep it real. Yeah. And so when you said that, you said... And also your name is just so unique mm -hmm. that you said something along the lines of, I guess when you have a name like mine and you put it into Google, everything's going to come up. Oh, yeah. And so I put it into Google mm -hmm. and I saw some things that were, I guess, originally on your OnlyFans, yeah. but weren't anymore. Yeah. And one of it is you with an ex-boyfriend, I guess. Mm -hmm. And... The dog was on the bed. Yeah. You guys were, were being romantic with each other. Yeah. But the dog was there. Yeah. <laughs> is that a... Um, why is the dog in your bed, Alaska? She's literally never not by my side. She's literally by my side right now. Like, she's always with me. So there's just no... I don't want to, like, leave her in another room. She's always with me, so I don't care. Has that been a deal breaker for some guys? No. <laughs> It has never come up. If it's a deal breaker, then I'm kicking them out of my house. I don't give a fuck. This is my dog. She wants to stay by me. 
Let's talk about your dog. Okay. Kaya? Mm-hmm. Where'd you find Kaya? She was rescued at the border of Mexico, and she, um, they took a photo of her when she was, a, like, when they found her, and she was pretty much, like, dead. Her arms and legs were broken. She was covered in bugs. Wow. She was, yeah, she was not good. And then, um, like, four months of, or a few months of uh, taking care of her, they, like, helped her up and stuff, you know, got her better. And then I started fostering her at four months old. And I wasn't going to keep her. I just wanted to foster a dog. Um, but I, like, fell in love with her. And I was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not taking this dog back. And the lady who I was working for um, at the shelter, she was like, oh, like, you're a college student. You're not fostering. You're not keeping this dog. Like, someone else is interested. Bring her back. And I was like, I'm not bringing her back. I don't care what you say. She's my dog now. Like, <laughs> fought her. And I basically told her, like, okay, fine. I'm not adopting her. My parents are adopting her. She's not going to be in a college town. Finally said okay, signed the papers, took her to college. And she's been the best dog ever. She's never had any issues. Like, Aww. at first, yeah, I was really worried about it because I was like, is this irresponsible that I am in college living in Isla Vista with a dog? But Isla Vista is so, like, dog-friendly. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a dog there. And... I literally put my life on the line. Like, I was like, I don't care. I'll do anything for this dog. So, yeah. When I was in school there, there was packs of dogs. Like, yeah. Just roaming. Yeah. Did Kaya party with the packs of roaming dogs? She doesn't really like other dogs. She likes humans, but she just, other dogs are like drama for her. <laughs> it's just how I feel about other girls. I don't like girls, human girls. Like, I don't like girls because I think they're drama. And I hang out with guys. It's like Kaya with other dogs. She just is like, it's fine. Um, would you say that you're a little bit of drama, though? I don't think I'm drama. Because I think anytime there's anything like that sparks up, I either just drop the situation. And I'm like, let's just talk about this right now. Get it over with and be done with it. Or I'm like, I'm going to walk out of the situation because it seems like too much. Okay, so we've talked about your Snapchat, your OnlyFans, um, your Twitter. How much should we believe out of your Twitter? It seems like it seems like you're being honest, but it, it's almost like overly honest. Is it true, or are you trying to keep up a persona on your Twitter? Uh, usually, everything I tweet is like everything that I'm doing in the moment. Um, like yesterday I took a full dose of Adderall, which I'm prescribed, but I've been trying not to take it because it's just like overwhelming sometimes. And it's been a little bit since I took Adderall. And so yesterday I took it because I was cleaning, but when I took it, I was like tweaking out. And so all my tweets were about Adderall yesterday, which is true because I was taking Adderall. So I guess like everything's pretty much true. Sometimes I'll like say things to be funny, but like they're usually always true. Your Twitter is very, very sexual. Yeah, I feel like my Twitter is nice because it's very, like, no filter. Like, they don't really ban you for things like TikTok and Instagram do. So, like, Twitter is a really nice spot because it's, like, I can literally say and post anything I want. And um, especially when you have an OnlyFans, like, it's the best platform to, like, advertise on. 
other than like Reddit and I didn't really know how to use Reddit. So like when I posted something on there, it just got lost forever and I can never take it down. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I don't trust it. I'm not going to do that anymore. So I started using Twitter more for like a sexual tease of a platform so that people can like see that and be like, oh, she seems fun and cool. And she posted her butt and looks nice. I'm going <laughs> to subscribe to her OnlyFans. So that's kind of like why I have that like sexual nature on twitter um a lot of it is to promote my OnlyFans, but it's also because i like that everyone else on twitter that i follow is very like open about like how they feel sexually or not does that technique work when you put something risque on twitter with a link to OnlyFans? do you get subscribers um yeah i i do i i feel like it works i mean most of my subscribers come from when a TikTok does well. If I have a TikTok video that does really well or like gets a lot of views or something, my my um, OnlyFans subscription like number goes up a lot. Like so like proportionate. Like it just works. But um Twitter not so much. I just feel like it's a good way for not really even just to promote it, but just to keep people who subscribe to it um to see like my twitter as well and be like oh she is active like not on not just like on OnlyFans, but like on twitter like i'm much more active so it's nice for people to like have another platform it's like you get it two for one you know if you're subscribed to my of you can also see my twitter and like it's just like two different worlds so you can kind of get both from uh you mentioned your parents as the i guess official adopters of your dog yeah I love your relationship with your family. Yeah, really close. You are a DJ. Mm-hmm. And your parents went to one of your most recent DJ yeah. appearances. Yeah, they never really... I mean, I'm a, I've been a DJ for seven years, but they never really went to any of my shows or anything because I think they just kind of want to stay out of it. Like, you know, like, let me do my thing. Um, but yeah, re- more recently, um, I just like invited them out and they've got to come out, which is really cool. Do, 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 do both your mom and your dad like that kind of music? Yeah, they go to raves with my sister and I. Like, for the last few years, every time we go to a rave, they'll try to come out with us. Is, does, that, um, does that get in your way of, I guess, well, now you have a boyfriend, but does that, does that hamper your style at all, that your family's there? No, my parents are pretty chill. Um, they're the kind of people who, like, they could know about something, but they won't ask questions. They don't really care. They don't really, like, want to... They don't need to get involved. They'd rather just stay out of it. Um, but I'm re- really open, you know? And so my parents are sometimes like, ah, oh, you're telling me a little too much information. I don't care about that. Like, keep it to yourself. Do they know about your OnlyFans? Well, that's the weird thing. It's like, I do my taxes with my dad. <laughs> so... There's something, and he follows me on all my social media platforms. I did block him on Twitter. That was the only thing I, like, I'm very open with my parents. You know, if you want to follow me, that's your choice. If you want to see my shit, that's your choice. He follows me on Snapchat. He watches everything. I'm like, you know, if it makes you uncomfortable, you don't have to see it. But he, yeah, he just wants to know what I'm doing in my life. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, that's, like, I'm open. Like, you want to watch whatever you want, that's fine. But Twitter is a little too much, so I kind of just, like, Block, I blocked him on that he's one. He's never said anything about any of that stuff. I think that he has a feeling. He, I have a feeling he knows. I'm sure he's clicked on the link. And but he's like, never oh, told shit. you to, to tone it down or to knock it off. He trusts me because in high school, he always told me what to do my whole life. Until like high school, I put my foot down and I was like, fuck that, dad. I'm not doing what you're telling me. I'm going to do the exact opposite. 
And so I was the rebellious girl that like anytime my dad told me to do anything, I'd run in the opposite direction. And that was when everything went like to hell or like, like in college, I did everything he didn't want me to do. And I ended up being successful. And that's when he kind of started like learning to trust me and be like, she's good on her own. She doesn't need my opinion. She doesn't need me, my advice. I'll be there for her. But like only when she comes to me, because I don't need to like push her or tell her she's doing her own thing. And I've always been successful on my own without anyone's advice or opinion. So that's why I don't really, he doesn't, he's like, you do your thing. I trust it. I forget how long it was. It might've been Christmas time. Your entire family was in a hotel room and your mom was cooking like udon or- Oh, New Year's maybe. New Year's. Yeah. It was the most adorable scene. Yeah, my mom brings like cooking stuff everywhere. She'll literally like cook a whole Japanese meal in a hotel room. Like right on the, the crappy little table. Yeah. Like, kick ass like food, right? Like a nightstand. Right? Yeah, she'll like make it. So are they both Japanese? Yeah. Um, were either of them born there or are they both born in the US? My mom's a first, first gen. So my mom was born and raised in Japan and she doesn't really have any family left, but she's... Um, yeah, she's from Japan, but my dad is a fourth generation Japanese American. So my great grandma was born in LA. Um, but I'm yeah, fifth generation on my dad's side, second gen on my mom's side. But I took a DNA test, and turns out I'm 100% Japanese, which is kind of crazy because it's like I didn't, I don't feel like I am, or I don't look like I am. Well, you were in Hawaii around the same time I was in Hawaii. My mom forced us all to go out there uh, to Honolulu. In the middle of freaking COVID. And you looked exactly like the Hawaiian people. Yeah. Is that why you don't feel Japanese? Because you feel more maybe a mixed with something else? Yeah, I always thought that I had like a percentage of literally anything else in me. I just didn't seem like, I mean, like if you compared me, compare me to like the average full Japanese person, I just feel like I don't look it. But also it's because... Um, it turns out I have like Okinawan blood, which is like the Hawaii of Japan. So it's like very islandish. We have like the like light brown hair, dark brown hair, uh, dark eyebrows, freckles, tan skin. Um, so it's kind of why I don't look like maybe someone who's from Tokyo or something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think also because I'm born and raised in SoCal, like I'm tan and light brown hair usually and freckles and stuff. But yeah, I think Hawaiian people usually are like a mixture of like half Japanese. Um, so I think that's also why I look kind of Hawaiian because like, well, one, I love Hawaiian culture um, and uh, SoCal like life and everything mixed together with Japanese culture. It's kind of like Hawaiian style. Uh, let's talk about your, your music. Okay. You have a SoundCloud yeah. that has original music and then music that you like that you've retweeted or whatever they call it yeah. on SoundCloud. Your original music's good. Really? I was surprised. I was going to say, we're going to talk about my music. I'm like, what music? I don't produce like ever. I tried, but... It says it's you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have like two or three songs on there that are tracks that I like put together, but I don't... I'm just like... They were just work in progresses that I was just too lazy to finish. And I was like, I'm just going to put them up there. And yeah, I don't know. What did you use to put them together? Ableton. So you found these samples, you made some beats, mm-hmm. and you just blended them together. Yeah, one of them, the one that, that's the well, the, the wellest, <laughs> the one that does has done well is um, it's called You Know I'm In Love With You. 
Um, that one is probably one of my favorites. I only use like one or two splice samples, um, but everything else is pretty much just like I created on my own. And I like that one, but it's just, it's not done yet. And I actually got hit up by a record label and they wanted to use it, but I was like, yeah, okay. And then I just, they're like, just finish it up a little bit and then send it to us and we'd be down and I never did it. I'm an idiot, but I don't really care. I just... <laughs> I'm so scared of using Ableton because it's just such a scary platform with so many things. I just, it's like Photoshop. I just, I don't want to touch it. It's too much. So it's hard. Uh, one of our earlier guests used to work for Output, which makes Arcade. Have you played around with Arcade at all? No. It's kind of like Ableton. Oh, okay. And, and it makes things easier for newer people, but all the pros use it too. Mm-hmm. So you might want to give it a try. Yeah. Um... Let's talk about Photoshop. You, Alaska, are a photographer. Yeah. You're a lot of things. I am. Um, For such I'm a not, young person, yeah. <laughs> you're actually very good at a lot of things. I was going to say, I feel like I'm not great at like any one thing, but I can do a lot of things. I don't know. Your photos are pretty good. Thank you. On both sides, as a, as a model and as a photographer. Thank you. You did a lot of like graduation photos mm-hmm. of your friends, I guess. Yeah. Um, which were adorable. I mean, one thing about UC Santa Barbara is I think sometimes we forget how beautiful it is because IV can be so grungy. Yeah. But you made it look really, really beautiful. How did you learn how to be a good photographer? Um, In high school, well, actually middle school, my dad used to kind of collect cameras, and so he had a few cameras. And when I was in middle school... um, I was using, like, when Instagram first came out, I was, like, using that a lot, using those filters. And my dad gave me this Lumix camera, and I loved that it had filters built in with it. And I was playing around with that a lot. Um, So I was taking a lot of pictures when I was in, like, middle school. And then in high school, I started doing portraits because my friends were asking for headshots and stuff and Instagram pictures. And so I was just taking pictures of my friends. And then I started realizing, like, I like being able to capture a certain look or emotion. Something that like stood out was that I don't like taking shots that you could literally Google search or find a postcard of. I don't like wasting my camera roll or photos or film, whatever, on landscape or flowers. I don't know. In my opinion, I just like if I can Google search this, I don't want to take a picture of it. So that's why I like to take photos of people and people in places and people in different emotions where it's a type of photo you'll probably never be able to get ever. You also, okay, there's a picture of you like skateboarding, I think, down... Mm -hmm. In Isla Vista, yeah. with a bunch of your friends around you. Oh, Coast Carvers. Was was that your idea to, to take this picture? or? Yeah, so I started an all-girl skate group when I lived in Santa Barbara. Um, it was called Coast Carvers, and I was, I was huge into skateboarding, and I felt that, like, going to the skate parks in Santa Barbara and just skating around IV as a girl can sometimes be like lonely or scary and just overwhelming, especially the skate parks. Um, so I posted on a Facebook group page. I think it was like US, UCSB free and for sale or something. Yeah, it was free and for sale because that was 
the most commonly used Facebook group in UCSB. And I just posted like, uh, hey, like all girl skaters, like if you want to learn, if you want to skate with me, please hit me up because I want to I want to skate with other people. I don't want to go like by myself. And it did so well. I got hundreds and like hundreds of comments and hundreds and likes and everything and DMs like crazy. That I was like, wait, maybe I should create a group. So then I created a group me with literally like 100 plus girls from IV that all wanted to skate together. And so we would have meetups where we would meet at uh, the end of 6-8 block on DP by Sands. Um, and we would all start there and we'd skate around IV as a group together. And it just felt like really like empowering as like girls to be able to skate around together and like shred. And like we'd be at the beginning of, of, of DP and like be doing skate tricks there and stuff. And we do like uh, meetups at skate parks. Like it was really cool because it was just an all girl skate group. Uh, we even had like uh, president, secretary. We had like positions and everything, um, but it was just like uh, what is it called? A nonprofit. Like we didn't like you know we weren't like trying to make money or anything, but we were just doing it as a group and we would try to do fundraisers and stuff so we can buy gear to like rent out to girls and stuff. And we collaborated with other programs. It was really cool. But uh, after I graduated, it tried to last for like another year, but then the pandemic hit and nobody could meet up and it just kind of died from there. We have an Instagram still, but it's pretty much dead now. But yeah, that's where that photo came from. It was, I asked, I asked my friend and I was like, can you take a photo of us so we can post it on our Instagram? And it looks really cool. Another photo that looks really cool that I don't think you did take is you doing a handstand mm -hmm. on the arch. Oh, uh, yeah. It was my friend Bolden. He took that photo. Is that a thing in Santa Barbara for people to climb that thing? Um, so people sometimes get drunk and climb <laughs> up on the arch henley gate um and they'll just take their grad photos there because it's cool but not a lot of people do it because it's really dangerous and if the <laughs> cops drive by which they do a lot during grad season um they'll yell at you and so <laughs> it's really scary to do it but um i just wanted to go up there as like, hey, it's you know i've been doing grad shoots for ucsb for years and i've i've taken people's pictures up there and i've seen people up there i was like if i'm graduating i'm going up there and I was drunk. I barely remember that entire day of photos that I took. Henley Gate, for those of you who haven't had the pleasure of being at UC Santa Barbara, when you are taking the 101 and you take the UCSB exit, there's a, a road that's maybe about a mile, maybe two miles long. And as you approach the campus, there's a, a wall that says UCSB and there's also a, a new, relatively new gate. And this thing is like... 30 really, feet high. It's pretty high. What's underneath it? The road. So if you fell. Yeah. Bad news, right? Yeah. Have people fallen from there? I don't know. I Because no people idea. fall off of the cliffs of IV all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. I'm sure people have fallen off the gate, but I don't. Yeah, I haven't seen it. So when you decided you were going to do a backflip or a handstand. I did a handstand, yeah. Were you nervous? Uh, I was drunk. <laughs> So no, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. You have more stability when you're drunk? No. <laughs> but at least my anxiety is gone. So the picture that I've seen, uh, which you say is you, is that really you? And your friend took this picture of you? Yeah, I'm wearing a dress, a white dress with my stole, I think. And I did a handstand in the center of the gate. And uh, yeah, my, my friend took some really dope pictures of me doing that. 
Let's talk a little bit more about you as a model. Okay. You have shot a lot of, like, you've made some money being a model, yeah, right? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I guess I have. I think, <laughs> it's so funny. Anytime I ask somebody this, they they hesitate. Like, I guess so. Yeah, because I, I, I am yeah, a model. Because um, I'm not, like, a signed model. Like, my roommates, both of them are models, and they... These two ladies? Uh, one of them, she lives with me, and the other one is a guy. He just went to Paris, like, a few hours ago. But they both model. Your boyfriend is a model? No, no, no. no. He's just my roommate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he, is he going to Paris to model? No, he's going to meet party. up with his ex-girlfriend. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's, let's wish him luck on that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do something like that, may as well be in Paris. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I saw you actually get a job for is skateboarding at USC. Oh, yeah. That was one of my acting gigs oh that was acting yeah your list just keeps going i i get bored <laughs> i'm supposed to start a podcast soon actually so maybe lesson number one have extra memory cards yeah <laughs> this is my memory card by the way <laughs> so embarrassing getting credits for that one so embarrassing <laughs> um, um yeah podcasting and uh twitch streaming i i do both right yeah. now but podcasting would be fun Kind of sponsored by the LA Weekly to go to Coachella. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they gave you a bunch of weed. I, they still do. How? Why? I haven't paid for weed in years. I keep getting sent free weed, and then I'll go to an event, and they'll be like, "We'll give you this box of weed. Can you just t tag us?" And like, I just keep getting free weed. I guess like, weed is like the goodie bag of today because everyone just keeps giving me weed. But I have a literal drawer in my room with so much like weed like edibles vapor like cartridges uh the flour um pre-rolls like i have every type of weed you could think of like in my room and it's all free and this is because they want you to talk about it on tiktok no i mean we can't really do that on tiktok yet so it's pretty much just like instagram i'll just tag them instagram yeah how many followers do you have on instagram not like a lot. Uh, it's just like 10.3K, I think, right now, which is like, I don't really care about followers. No, I'm just curious why no, yeah. Why a weed company would, because I, I didn't think you had a gazillion either. Yeah. But they just like you. I, yeah, honestly, like I'm, sh I'm assuming that like everyone else who has like a lot of followers and stuff get hit up all the time. I don't know why people hit me up because I'm like, there's like every other person in the world has way more followers than me. But I, yeah, I don't know. I've had a lot of people just be like, please do this and that for your story. Well, I'm like, I only have 10K. I think they're hitting you up the same reason I wanted to interview you today. You're a genuine person. You're unique. Extremely beautiful. Thank you. But also you've got like this tomboy thing. I do. That a lot of the young women on Instagram don't have. Yeah. Like they, they try their hardest to be as pretty as possible. By the way, you wore a cute little skirt today. Yeah, uh, a little one shoulder deal. Like you're more feminine in in this moment than yeah. I've seen you in a long time. I online. just knew I was gonna be cleaning my house all day, and I wanted to wear something comfortable and not be in like sweatpants or jeans or something. So 
But do you think that that's why these people want to sponsor you and give you stuff is because you're a little bit different than your basic bitch on Instagram? I would say so. I feel like, well, one, I don't care about my following count at all. I mean, like, yes, OnlyFans pays the bills and that's the only job I have right now, even though I'm looking for other jobs. So it's kind of important that I keep that up and like try to promote that. I don't really push it, though. It kind of does its own thing. Um, which is why I guess people get upset about it sometimes. But honestly, like, I don't care about following count or like any of that. I know a lot of people will like buy followers. I know people, you know, like, like, share, subscribe, smash that like button. You know, like, I don't really care. I'm like, you don't need to like my stuff. You don't need to see my stuff. You don't have to follow me. I do not care. People always tell me like, they'll text me after they follow me and be like, I followed you. Can you follow me back? And I'm like, sure i i literally do not care and so i think like because of that it could be a reason why i'm not doing as well as some other girls or anyone really but yeah i think that you're right i feel like because i just did like a promo video for a company and it's weird because i'm like sometimes like why do they want me to do it you know like there's so many other people who they could easily hit up who have way more followers than me who look way more like big and could help their company out but they'll still choose me and i think that a lot of it does come the fact come from the fact that they like my persona and like my I don't give a fuck about anything energy yeah uh let's talk about Coachella real quick okay I never went like actually in Coachella which shocked me yeah I would have thought that some frat boy would have said hey baby here's a (laughs) VIP wristband yeah didn't happen no I actually was dating a guy at the time well kind of seeing him very romantically and he had never been to a music festival ever and had no intentions of going. And I was like, you're weird. I'm sneaking you into Coachella. <laughs> I tried. And he was like being a little bitch boy. And I was like, okay, I guess we're not sneaking in. So then we walked all the way to the front. And he was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Turned around. And I was like, okay. So you were going to hop the fence or something? Yeah, we were going to try to sneak in. But um, we didn't do it because he didn't care to. But yeah, I Nope, yeah. Never been to Coachella before. <gasps> Ever. That's shocking to me. Yeah. Okay. We're going to put this out into the universe for you. <laughs> Somebody hook up Alaska. I know. <laughs> this girl, she's going to dance. Might even take off her shirt. Yeah. <laughs> do you do that at these shows? No. I am i don't seem like I have an OnlyFans when people meet me in person because I don't really like to advertise it or like promote it that much. It's kind of just like... <laughs> If you want to follow me, follow me. But really, it's more of like an online, like, this is just how I need to pay my bills. I don't even like having an OnlyFans, really. I just kind of do it because it pays. But What, I, what don't you like about it? Uh, people see me as a porn star. People treat me differently. People think that I'm a slut just because I have one. But really, it's just like, I'm really just taking advantage of everybody in the world right now because I could post a photo that I probably would have posted on my Instagram, like a, like a bikini picture, and make hundreds of dollars from it. So at the end of the day, like, fuck it. Honestly, the biggest reason why I started it actually was because, long story short, um, I was assaulted a different time before I went to UCSB, like the summer I was supposed to go there. And this older man... Um, Pretty much kidnapped me, threw me into his car, brought me to a motel to meet up with his friend and made me have a threesome with him when I said no and didn't want to be there. Drugged me even. And then it was whatever because it was like an awful experience. But the thing was, I tried to just like let it go in the past. But turns out he took photos and videos of me that day and started spreading it everywhere and telling everybody about me and like all this stuff. And he wouldn't 
leave me alone. And for like a couple years, he was just blackmailing me, sending me these pictures and videos saying, I follow you on social media. I know where you work. I know where you live. I know who your family is. I will send all of these photos and videos to them if you don't come over and give me head right now. And I was like, wow, okay. And at first I wasn't doing anything. I was just ignoring it. But I was just like, okay, this is bad. Like he's like, I will walk over to your workplace right now if you don't come over. And I was like, dude, I'm working. Can you leave me alone? Eventually, I threatened him. And I was like, dude, I will bring this to the authorities. Like, it's like getting bad. I don't like doing drama or like, you know, it's not drama. But like, I don't want to make it a bigger problem. I just want it to end. But he wouldn't leave it alone. And so I tried to threaten him with that. But I didn't end up doing anything. Um, but uh, a few years later, when I had like completely moved on and stuff, I got a random Instagram DM with those photos and videos of that day and from a random guy. So I was like, yo, where is this coming from? And that's when I was like, I literally have so much shit exposed everywhere and people are threatening me, blackmailing me with things that were literally out of my hand, out of my control. I can't do anything about it. I'm just trying to live my life. And so that's when like OnlyFans came into picture and I was like, dude, I can claim all of this fucking control back if I start my own page post better pictures and videos and charge people that way i'm posting it i'm posting a lot more content and i'm making fucking money i could delete shit when i want to i could you know like post when i want to and so when this guy tries to fucking blackmail me i could just be like dude i have a fucking website that you can see way more content on you could even talk to me on there so this guy's powerless and so that's kind of why i started it i didn't really I'm not, I obviously, like, I grew up with a lot of, like, exposure and shit with, like, my nudes and stuff, and I hated it. It was never something I wanted, um, but because back then it was just, like, huge with Asian fetish, fetishes and stuff, it was very easy for people to just put me out there, you know, put me on blast, and I hated that, but it was, like, it just, it's the past, it already happened, there's nothing I can do about it, so I did this. There was something I could do about it, which is creating this account to gain that back, and so, yeah, it's kind of why I got it, was to gain that strength back, but... There's still people posting my shit online and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, at the end of the day, it was me trying to just like take control back. But yeah, it's not it's not great. Like if I never had this exposure before, like with people posting stuff, I probably would never start it because I would like to keep, you know, like I, I keep being targeted as this Asian girl who's sexual and blah, blah, blah. And I don't like that. Like I, it's literally my image on TikTok is like that sexual Asian girl and I'm like that's not who I am like I'm way more which is I think why I do a lot is to like distract people from that and be like I'm also a DJ I'm also a photographer and I act and I do all this other shit you can also just like you know let go of the fact that like I occasionally have sex you know there's a lot more to me than just that and so that's why I try to do other shit because I like want people to like stop thinking about that um, but I mean, it is what it is. And like, that's kind of like who my brand identity has turned into over time. So I'll keep it. Cause I, you know, I can totally make money off of it, but yeah, it's not like something that I'm passionate about for sure. You, are. Uh, I think a lot of women have done that too. Um, taken back their power that way because yeah. it's been taken from them and they didn't want to feel victimized anymore. Mm-hmm. And, I'm I'm actually really happy that OnlyFans has been so good for people. Yeah. Um, because especially, you know, girls who don't want to be strippers or who don't want to do porn. It's safe. 
you never have to meet anybody if you don't want to. Yeah. You can do it in a room that nobody even knows what state you live in. Yeah. And you're totally free. And the money seems to be really good. It's pretty, it's better than honestly in-person stuff. Because when I was in college, I tried to work at Spearmint Rhino at one point because I was depressed and I hated myself. And <laughs> I was broke at the same time. Um, and yeah, I knew I'd be good at it. I knew I'd make money, so I wanted to do it. But I never ended up doing it. But it's like crazy how like OnlyFans, I could just be in my room and just like do what I would have normally done and make more money or you know, the same amount of money as someone who had to drive all the way to a strip club. What stopped you from going to Spearmint Rhino? Um, I, I think I sent in the application, but I was, I think I was just worried because I was still a college student and I was pretty well known because I was involved in so many things that I was just worried that like people would run into me there and then all of a sudden my college life was over because people were like, oh my fucking God, she's a stripper too. I was a cheer captain. I couldn't also be a stripper. Why? Doesn't that suck? Uh, yeah. It does. They're both legal. Yeah. I don't know. And, you know, also Raytheon is right next door. Yeah. Raytheon makes bombs. Yeah. So a dude who wants to make money can go build bombs across in Goleta mm-hmm. and make bank. Yeah. But a girl can't go to State Street, dance for somebody's dad, yeah. and make bucks. Yeah. Uh, Life is so unfair. It's so stupid. Has has OnlyFans given you confidence? Do you feel good about about your experience with it, or are you kind of in in between? Um, I don't know. I don't really care about what I post, which is kind of bad because I'm realizing a lot of people will screenshot, keep those images, videos, maybe even use it against me in the future, or like post it online and like all this shit. So like, I really should care, but like I don't because I'm lazy. So I just kind of like post whatever I want, but. Um, yeah, confidence-wise, not really. I haven't really been, like, responding to messages or, like, um, talking to that many people. I'm, like I said, I'm really lazy. I've been hit up so many times for people to want to, like, manage my OnlyFans oh. and stuff. But then I'm like, what's the point in that if I was trying to do it for control purposes? So I'm like, I don't want to, like, make a, a sexual brand identity where people are marketing the fuck out of my body, like, without me, you know? Like, I want to be the one running it, but at the same time... I'll have hundreds of messages and like comments and stuff that I like can't reply to or see. So, okay, let's let's flip let's flip the tables around just a little bit. You're a great photographer. Yeah. Would you? And you're great on social. Yeah. <laughs> Would you want to be uh, a manager of other women's OnlyFans? Is that something you could see yourself doing? Where Not you really. take the pictures of them? I can't even do it myself. I have my own and I can't even do it. But sometimes we can't do it for ourselves. Yeah. You're a psychology person. Yeah. Sometimes the person who cleans houses all day, their house is fucking shitty because they don't want to do it at home. I see what you're saying. But honestly, I think that it's not even like a psychological thing. It's a lot of it. Well, I mean, part of it is definitely like it's not easy for me to just open OnlyFans and like read the messages because a lot of them are very personal and like they can really ruin my day or they can like really make me feel weird about my day. And so, yeah. And so it's cause I swear every other message is like, I will pay you to meet up in person. Like I, I want to see you blah, 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 blah. And like, I just, it's irritating. It's very repetitive, but honestly it's not because 
a psychological reason that I'm like not able to post as well or message back. It's literally because I'm lazy. Like I don't <laughs> want to take my camera out, take a photo, edit it in Lightroom, send it to my phone, post it. You know, like I don't want to do all of that when I could just take a camera picture with my phone. I mean, my iPhone camera and just upload that and not, I don't even like really watch anything that I record like ever. I just record it and post it. I record it. I post it. It's so funny you say you're lazy. That is the last thing I'd say. About right. You. Isn't that? Yeah. That's because, okay. So I don't know if we've already discussed this, but you've driven to, okay. We haven't. No. You've driven to Big Bear from Orange County. Yeah. Like I've, to I've go, hold on to go yeah. skiing. Yeah. And then you had to work that night at Nobu. Yeah. And you did it all in like 24 hours. Yeah. So like, I would not call that lazy. That's true. You actually hustle a lot. Yeah. And another reason I'm so, by the way, thank you for letting me podcast you today. Yeah, I love to is, talk about. This is great. <laughs> um, one of the things that always interests me about you that exhausted me watching you do it is you would go from Hollywood down to Dana Point to Santa Barbara, out to the desert. Like, mm -hmm. you were constantly in motion. Like, yeah. action, 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 action. And I was like, was I like that when I was 24? Mm -hmm. Like, is that just youthful energy? Is it Adderall? <laughs> what is it? It's not Adderall. <laughs> I can tell you that much. <laughs> you just always want to be in motion. I'm, well, I'm very ADHD. I can't stay anywhere for too long or else I get bored of it. And it's been mostly location-based that my ADHD kind of sparks in where I can't, I can't be in a certain location for longer than a few days or else I like literally lose my mind because I'm like, now what? What do I do? I just have to be busy. And I think for someone who isn't working a regular job, I have to be doing something like that because otherwise all morning, all night, I'm in my room or walking my dog. I can't do that every day. And so I have to be moving around. And like that's what, you, like, like you said, I'll literally... There was a day that I drove from Orange County to San Diego, back to OC to work, and then back down to San Diego, and then back up to OC. Like, I will drive literally for more of the day than actually being somewhere in one location for the day, like, so many times. And, like, that's why, yeah, I never really thought about it like that. Like, I say I'm lazy about a lot of things because I am. Like, I just kind of do the bare minimum, honestly. But at the same time, like, I love moving around and traveling. Uh, to that point, I feel like you've lived in like five different places yeah. in like the last 12 months. Yeah. Do you think you'll stay in this location? That's the question <laughs> of the Pico year. Robertson? That's what everyone keeps asking me. Because first of all, me. this is a great apartment. It's sick. You, you, I mean, you couldn't be closer to a dog park. No. Yeah. It's great. Like that's a great dog park. It's a good location. You're central. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where the freeway is. Like, is the freeway, is it freeway? I don't think it's freeway uh, the close. Ten. The 10 is, is the close enough. Yeah. But I feel like you go to, you go back home a lot to yeah. OC. So that's not too bad. Uh, yeah. I mean, I drive back to OC. I used for, I do like a lot of sport. I do flag football and volleyball adult leagues. <laughs> um, that. every week. Flag football on the beach in like Manhattan beach. Nope. What Newport, beach was that? Newport Beach, Orange County. Yeah. So every week I have to drive to OC. Hour and a half, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like <laughs> twice or three times a week. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So it sucks. I Everyone asks me, like, are you going to stay in LA? And I'm not going to lie. For the past few months, I've been like, I want to move back to OC because all my family, friends, and everything is down there. And 
honestly, LA is really cool. The reason why I moved out here is so I could be a bigger influencer and network more. And like, I had all my acting auditions up here and I hated when I lived in San Diego at the end of last year, I didn't like driving two or three hours just to go to a 15 minute audition and drive back. Like that was a pain in the ass, but I also couldn't miss out on it because it could be the once in a lifetime opportunity. Weren't you in Hollywood though for a little while? I was homeless for two months. So you were? Not. That was all real. Yeah, no, I, I didn't have a house. I was couch surfing and so buying So like hotels. when your truck got towed? Yeah, my truck got towed last year. Um, it got totaled. Well, okay, so there's... Last year my truck got totaled and I didn't have a truck oh, for a right. while. And then I got a new truck with my insurance money, but that took a long time. And then I was homeless from January to the end of February where I was paying for hotels every night or hostels, couch surfing, living in my truck, my new truck, or like staying with friends or commuting from Orange County. And it was really, really tiring and rough. So I'm really glad I found this place about the end of February. But I guess I just assumed as soon as you put it out there that either you were exaggerating that you're homeless or that a million people would say, come sleep on our couch. Well, it was annoying because everybody thought I was lying and they were like, you're being like an attention whore. Like, why do you say that? Like, there's so many people in the world are struggling. And I'm like, you're right. I don't want to address myself as homeless because I know what homeless looks like to people's eyes. And that's not what I looked like. I was able to afford hotels occasionally because of my OnlyFans money. I was able to find friends to crash with. But there were times that I literally have to commute from Orange County to go to work, drive back at like 2 a.m. to get home at like 4 a.m., and um, it was just tiring, exhausting. It was awful. I literally didn't have a home to like have as my own. So that's why I see like what people were mad because like I wasn't on the streets, you know, which that's why it was like I was living out of a home, like I was living out of my truck. You know, all my shit was in my truck and I would drive around with it. But yeah, I mean, I wasn't lying, but at the same time, I get why people were mad because I wasn't like on the streets. Well, people should not have been mad. Yeah. There's nothing to be mad about. But yeah. I guess I just I just assumed as soon as you put it out there, 100 people would have said something. Well, I also didn't want to like stay with like random strangers. I did occasionally. There were like some random people who like were friends of friends of friends. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, like as long as you're offering a place, like that's sick. But uh yeah, I uh, did just didn't want to like make myself in an uncomfortable. I'd rather sleep on the streets or in my truck than be with a stranger. Totally understood. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now that you've told me some of your terrible history. Yeah, I just, I don't trust a lot of people. Was this when you were working at Nobu? Mm-hmm. Can you please tell us about Nobu? I, I mean, I don't know what I can and can't tell you other than the fact that, I mean, I saw so many celebrities. I was literally able to like pour water out for Stormy, Travis Scott, and Kylie Jenner at times, and like have conversations with them. I had conversations with Sydney Sweeney the night before the Euphoria finale, uh, uh, season finale came out for season two. I see oh yeah, I'm a big Euphoria fan. <laughs> I know, I love it. But uh, yeah, I got to like Tyler, the creator is there, Megan Thee Stallion. Like there's just celebrities on celebrities there like all the time, and I get to interact with them, which is really cool. What was your job? I was a busser. Just busing? I was a busser. What, what does a busser make at Nobu? Um, it depends on how many hours you work. And like, um, it's also based off of like, you have to take tests, like a series of tests. And um, you the, have to... To see if you can clean off a table? Yeah. It's really intense. It's, it's very intense. Would people fail this test? Oh, yeah. Would you, I fail you, this test? You have to memorize all their dishes, ingredients, allergies, sauces, garnishes. Why does a busser then, need to know this? 
because the only way you can be a server is if you are busing and a lot of them would be busers for seven years and then that's how they got to be a server but you couldn't just be like any other position except for a host or a busser at your first thing and you you don't just move up right away you have to take the you have to read the entire manual take all the tests for it which there are bunch like literally so many tests take them all and then like once you pass all your tests your percentage for the tip pool gets higher so you make more tips based off of how many tests you pass but i mean the average person would take almost a year sometimes to finish these tests sometimes like six months if they're lucky but yeah and so the the highest tip percentage you can get as a busser even if you finish all your tests and are the best busser in the restaurant is 50 percent and that still wasn't like that much money mm-hmm. so i didn't think it was worth it because i was like i respect myself and i know that i could be a really good server mm-hmm. and they um they i mean that's just like how their policy worked you have to be a buster for a long time and i didn't want to be a buster for a long time you had worked at a sushi place in uh, newport, newport yeah and you're japanese mm-hmm. how was is nobu's sushi as good as everyone says it is um i think it's good i don't think it's worth the price i think maybe like try it maybe but i think like other than that it's not somewhere i would go all the time even if i was rich um i think that their their food is good but a lot of it is in my opinion a little too salty or like Mm. too much flavor um it's uh, actually, Japanese Peruvian cuisine. So it's kind of a mixture. It's not just fully Japanese. Um, so they have like sauces and stuff. So they're known for is their sauces and stuff. But their sauces are, you know, sometimes not Japanese. And so like Japanese culture, we don't pour soy sauce on our, you know, rice or anything. We don't. We try. We yeah. We eat like with sauce and stuff. But like we don't over pour flavor. But Nobu kind of does. And so. I don't think it's the most Japanese authentic you can get. They do have good foods. I like the plating, the presentation. A lot of their fish, obviously, is really good fish, especially if you're just getting sashimi there. It's really good fish. But some other stuff can be a little bit overpowering in flavor, in my opinion. Um, do they, do bussers get to eat a lot of the food? Um, the first like couple weeks of training, you get to try their signature dishes after working, so you can get a, like an idea of how to like potentially explain it to someone in the future um or like when you become a server you'll know and stuff like that but uh so yeah that was pretty nice but other than that like you don't really get like free meals when you go there to eat yourself or um you get like some discounts i guess if you go eat eat there yourself but i never did it um but yeah yeah it was also sweet that you would party after work at the Belmont next door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's where all my coworkers would go. That's why. But I thought that that was really nice because a lot of times when people work together, and I'm like this, even though I'm a bit extroverted during these interviews, mm-hmm. I like to just go home, chill out, vape, and just be alone. Yeah. But you worked super hard, mm-hmm. and then you partied with, with everybody next door. Yeah, we had really long hours. It would be like nine-hour shifts, 
nonstop. And the thing with Nobu is that as a busser, a lot of people think busing, you're just kind of like standing around until someone's done and you clean off their table. You can't like if a plate is empty on their table for longer than like a couple seconds, you'll get yelled at. You have to be literally like a shark circling a table. And even though it looks so nosy and irritating, you will get yelled at if it's like even if there's one left, we'll be like, do you want to finish this or else we'll grab it? Like it's so <laughs> intense. And so it's, and the thing is you can't go back to the dish pit until your entire tray is like stacked to the brim where it almost might fall off because it's so like you, they want you to be on the floor the entire time, constantly holding like 20, 15, 20 pounds worth of plates and like be struggling. And then you can go back to the dish pit and you better be coming right back out. You can't go at the same time as the other person. So it is like the most like brutal shift ever and it literally just like someone in my one of my coworkers say that it's like an abusive relationship you get slapped around and choked but then they give you money and so you couldn't continuously come back but um yeah it's just how it was it was like shit that was an awful shift i never want to do that again but then they pay you and you're like fuck i gotta go back next day but yeah and so i think because of that it was like the only way to cope was to go out and drink afterwards with your coworkers. would you okay so if if, if kylie jenner left some some fish on their plate would you ever sneak some we would get they were so strict about us making sure we don't eat it and it sucks because it's like it's going in the trash anyway so why do you care and plus like one little like wagyu a5 beef taco it's like literally one bite but that literal one taco would be like 20 bucks so it's like wow i'm literally throwing a plate of these away no and so we just sneak them in our mouth oh you would we would try if they saw us we'd get fucked we get a write-up but like honestly it was so worth it like this is like 20 bucks 20 bucks oh that sashimi itself is like 40 like let me just eat it real quick so i mean we tried but yeah you're not supposed to Okay, we're going to wrap up with your love life, Alaska. (laughs) You've had a rocky love life, according to your social medias. Yeah. Again, I don't know how much to believe, but you're telling me (laughs) I should believe all of it, right? Yeah, pretty much. You're a psychology major. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the root of your romantic struggles? I could literally talk about anything, psychology, or psychoanalyze everything (laughs) and talk about it forever, but... Do you see a therapist? I used to. Now I can't afford it, but I probably should. Um, (laughs) I know I'm like spending all my money on booze. I'm like, I can't afford a therapist. (laughs) So stupid. Um, Why? I I was only in one serious relationship my whole life. Everything else was just a fling situationship. They were never labeled. They were just things that came and go. Like, you know, um, I think my issue was that I, I wasn't fully sure what I wanted. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. I think that their mind wants a certain somebody in certain life in a certain style, certain standard, but then deep down, they're not really ready for that. Or deep down, they actually don't want that. Like, I thought I wanted the most attractive, hot, I don't even care what your personality is. I just want you to be hot. That was at one point, I just really wanted to date. Like, I was like, it's embarrassing. I don't want to be with, like, anyone worse than, like, a 10. Like, you have to be a 10 or else I'm not talking to you. Like, I was so about, like, my identity and, like, how I portrayed myself to the world. If I was seen with someone who wasn't a 10, even though I was, like, a 6, I was like, that's gross. I don't want you. And so I think that, like, 
I wasn't fully aligned with what I wanted and I wasn't fully secure and sure of myself, which is funny because back then in the times, I thought that I was in a good spot. I thought I was doing well and I knew what I wanted and I knew what I liked, but I'm looking back and I'm like, I really didn't. I really did not know what I wanted. I thought I wanted a relationship. I started it and then I was starting to be like a complete asshole to that person. Or like I'd be with someone and they would treat me like crap. And I was like, why do I like it? Let's keep doing this. Treat me like shit, dude. Like, I love that. Leave me. Go fuck another girl. That's so hot. Obviously, attention was always really nice. It was hard for me to just not want to start a fling with someone because, you know, it's nice to have like dates occasionally or somebody to travel with. So I would have these little like quote unquote situationships because, you know, it was like having a boyfriend without like making it officially labeled with any like exclusive boundaries. Like if I wanted to fuck someone else, I really could have. There was no like boundaries or anything like spelled out. Um, so I, I liked that. But then uh, after a few years, after I healed from my major three year relationship, I felt like. I had finished, I was done this year. I just felt I was done with like dating, experimenting. I kind of already felt like I knew what I wanted and I wasn't even looking for a relationship or anything this year. It was more that like, I just felt like I was in a much more stable grounding part of my life where I wasn't tweaking out. I wasn't anxious all the time. I wasn't stressed out about anything. I was very independent and just like doing my own thing and eventually um my boyfriend came into my life and I don't feel like it's my life has really changed that much I feel like everything's been pretty much the same as when I was single and I think that's how it should be where it's like you don't second like a label slapped onto it you're not changing as a person your life isn't like different you know like my life feels exactly the way it was before I met him but now I have a partner in crime who I can go and do stuff with and he's been gone for the past two weeks he's been in Europe and I still am like it's like I don't I'm not tweaking out before I couldn't even go like an evening without my ex-boyfriend I was like oh my god where are you blah 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 like tweaking out but now I'm like I trust him I don't care and I feel a lot more comfortable and I think that's like it's a really assuring feeling knowing that like I'm comfortable with myself he's comfortable with him his self and we're just kind of growing and living together people who want to see more of you Mm -hmm. can follow you on instagram twitter whatever yeah alaska yakota yeah that's how you pronounce it and then on uh OnlyFans, which makes you money Mm -hmm. it's alaska fornia Mm -hmm. like alaska and california combined and um don't send her anything pervy she's not gonna meet you with you i'm not i'm really not and um she might fine you fifty dollars for even asking that question <laughs> that, that's smart I you've been a bad that. boy pay me 50 bucks <laughs> yeah um anything else any shout outs anything else you want people to know about you uh i don't know my brain's kind of dying out right now but you're open for to dj yeah, I DJ a lot. Um, if you guys have uh, the decks, she's got the UC- USB. USB, yeah. I'll pull uh, up. She will take your photo. Yeah, I can do a lot. Do portraits for you? Portraits. I do acting. That's right. Spiel- Mr. Spielberg, <laughs> she's available to you. I know. I'm like, please put me in your next movie. You don't have to hire white people to I'm like, play when Asians. Is Euphoria going to have an Asian girl in it? It should be me. There's no Asian girls on there? There's never been an Asian girl in Euphoria. Would you make out with a trans uh, person? I'm down. 
I literally just want to be on Euphoria. There's no Asian girls, and I want to represent it someday. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, no, it's stupid. you know you might be too young. I don't know. Those people Sydney all seem Sweeney like Sweeney is my same age as me. Yeah, but all those handsome dudes look like they're 36 years old. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding that you might be too young. <laughs> Alaska, thank you so much for everything. Of course. And we will see you on Instagram. Yay. <laughs>